0: Hey everyone! Welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are myself, Garrett Wong, and my talented co-host, Mister Robbie McNeil. Whoa!
1: Whoa! Talented. I give you oh, talented. Garrett! I don't,
0: even, I don't think I've said that to your face. No,
1: I? thank Ever. you. No, <laughs> never. You've never said I'm talented. <laughs> thank you. Well, there you go. I feel buddy. like I, I feel like I'm okay. <laughs> You know, I have I, a self-esteem problem ironically. Um that's probably why I became an actor. Oh. Um I don't okay. have a lot of self-esteem and and I I think I always felt like I was kind of a mediocre act like I wanted to be a great actor yeah. but I felt like I was just I was okay. I had my moments, yeah. you know, now and then. Huh. I don't yeah. know I I think that's one reason I with directing I was so uh, uh driven because I thought okay, well you know, I feel like I'm I'm an okay actor,
2: but maybe I can be a great director.
1: You know, I don't know.
0: Oh, so yeah. it's sort of like a do-over for you. Your yeah. life do-over. You felt career do-over in a way, a little bit, right? Yeah. Well, you well, you certainly have uh, you certainly have uh, set uh, a very high bar when it comes to directing. I think because oh, wow. um, thank you, yeah, man, because you know it's it's not easy to direct, period, and it's. I think the most difficult thing for a director is, is connecting with the actors. Yeah. Um, and you have that ability to connect with the actors because you were an actor before. Yeah. Um, but it's then that, that being said, there have, there are a lot of act there are a lot of directors out there now that used to be actors, but yeah. they still, um, even though they should have a better grip on, on how to deal with actors, I feel like yeah. they don't. <laughs> so They don't yeah, know. Sometimes uh, I think you know.
1: actors turn directors can, the danger is, you can try to get the actors to do it the way you would act it you know yeah. which is not always that's yeah. that's not a good way to go yeah you know, that,
0: like if someone gives you a line reading that's probably the worst thing that you can do is like yeah. hey to tell the actor can you say it this way and then you just <laughs> repeat the line and that has happened to me on oh, more yeah. than one occasion from a director who was also an actor and it's just yeah like, oh it's so frustrating to hear that because um, that's sort of the easy way around it, right? I mean, as a director, you should find a more organic way to get your actors to yeah.
1: give you what you need instead of saying,
0: say it like this, you know, so.
1: That's I will you, admit I've, I've, I've stooped to line readings occasionally when I'm directing just because I can't find a way to, mm. to express what I'm trying to say, but I'll ask. I'll say, can I, can I show you where I mean, where, right. I, you know, where I, I, I hear the emphasis, like where I mm-hmm. imagine the emphasis mm-hmm. might be and they'll, if they... Yeah. Me permission, then I'll say, you know, right.
0: But that's your last
1: resort, though. My last resort, yeah. That's not your first uh way
0: to deal with it. You're gonna no. go with that as the, the last possible resort, which yes. which I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay yeah. with that. But if you start, if you lead with that, then I think you're a bad director. <laughs> if you that's your only way of talking, the only actors. way,
1: yeah, that's agreed, not good, you know, and it doesn't um, bring out great performances because you really want the actors to feel inspired, not yes. robotic, not repeating Correct. The robotic line reading you gave. You want them to be inspired and personally mm-hmm. connected, so that yeah. they're bringing that real magic. That's yeah. the best. Uh, that's the best episodes of Voyager that I've seen is when, you know, Picardo or you or me or Kate. There, you feel those moments where someone's really yeah. connecting and really inspired. So
0: well, you want to collaborate. You want to feel like yeah. you're collaborating, not yeah. being told to do something in a certain way, right? Agreed. So anyway, I just wanted to today just bring up the. Um, I don't know if you watch the thursday night football game probably not i know you're a big college i'm fan, a
1: college right? football fan i'm gonna be working yeah. tomorrow on saturday and i'm gonna i'm gonna not be able to see my georgia bulldogs play auburn tomorrow which is oh my a big gosh game. that is a big wow. game i can't yeah.
0: believe can you record it i think you need to record it at least yeah or, i
1: probably should record yeah, it you should record it yeah. yeah
0: so i want to talk about thursday night football last night okay. um that match was between uh that game was between um the jets and the broncos So it was at uh, MetLife Stadium. It was at Jets' uh, home game, basically. Mm -hmm. And um, in garbage time, literally, this is the last like 20 seconds of the game. The Broncos are ahead. There's no way the Jets can – the Broncos have the ball. And so the QB for the Broncos is the backup quarterback, um, Brett Rippon. His -hmm. father, uh, Mark Rippon, also played in the NFL. And Mm -hmm. Brett Rippon was – doing such a great job, but the Jets defense decided to just throw in these last second, like, you know, hardcore roughing the passer type of uh, oh, wow. penalties happen. Yeah. And it was like, what are you doing? And then I realized the defensive coordinator, Greg Williams, is the same guy that was the Saints defensive coordinator years ago when there was that bounty gate when they were saying that, oh, oh, yeah, he is going to, he's been giving out you know bonuses if you injure somebody on the yes on the other team which is horrible you should never have that type of mentality right and then from this game yeah I watched it and I thought oh my gosh this is horrible and the comments afterwards by the commentators um, Steve Smith ex-NFL wide receiver from the Panthers Mm -hmm. he Mm -hmm. started talking about it and he said that he said I've played against you know coach Williams before and the defensive players will say to me hey i'm sorry that i i hit you so hard afterwards if if i don't take you to the ground and i don't if i don't look like i'm trying to you know take you mm-hmm, out mm-hmm. i will get fined you talk about the bounty gate about him paying yeah. you know getting people bonuses for hurting people reality was according to this NFL player was that they were getting fined if they didn't do it. So nobody, they weren't giving out extra money. They were taking money from the players pockets if they didn't act like brutes. And I thought, man, how is this guy even still coaching in the NFL? I mean, this is just ridiculous. I mean, you're you're purposely trying to injure people and take them out of the game, even at the end of the game when you have no chance to win the game. Mm. So I I just, I was just shocked. and just.
1: Yeah, that's really sad. Yeah, it's a bummer. Um,
0: anyway, uh, that's off my chest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, at least there's a little bit of football. There's you know, yeah. some things are normal in, in the fall. It's nice to uh, see some version of football this year. I enjoy football, yeah. Season. All
0: right, so this week's episode is tattoo. Yes, it
1: is. <laughs> yes, it I is. love how every time we have
0: our pre our show talk, Robbie is always like, What? what are we doing this week
1: I have no clue. You... you're not supposed to tell people that this is this is all am i is airing, all dirty laundry? supposed to be fresh anyway oh yeah, yeah but <laughs> before we start actually recording our show you know yeah. i always say to Garrett, all right what what's the next what? episode where are we again but that's just a proof to you you're right guys that's that honestly we are just, you're getting everything from the moment we say, what do you remember, to yeah. watching it, to our reactions are all yeah. fresh. We don't script any of this, it's all very no. fresh enough.
0: So uh, we're gonna go ahead and rewatch Tattoo, and we're going to come back with our recap of that. And for those of you who are our patrons, stay tuned as we play a little game of what do we remember? Hey guys, we are back from the rewatch of Tattoo. Tattoo. What are your
1: thoughts? Wow. Well, I was, um, my thoughts are, I was really personally connected to this story. I really enjoyed it. My father passed away this year in real life. Mm. He passed Mm. away March 4th. Yeah. And so I just, full disclosure, this episode for me um, made me think about that a lot. Mm. So Chakotay's journey with his flashbacks to his father and kind of his spirit guide, this, this eagle or hawk that was flying and mm-hmm. sort of talking to him and trying to protect him and speak to him and yeah. just the spirits of our ancestors. All of those ideas really resonated for me in a big And I really appreciated the science fiction sort of spin on it, kind of connecting native people to, um, yeah, just to sort of a timeless and and far away kind of alien race. I don't know. I just, I, I really enjoyed this episode a lot. I really did.
0: Cool. I like this because this is a Chakotay backstory. And you know they went a little, they went into a little bit more detail mm-hmm. in, in comparison to what we've seen in the past when we're talking about mm-hmm. Native Americans, yes, uh, or at least Chicote's tribe. So it's much more detailed in regards to. Uh, my, I didn't do a haiku this week. I did a limerick. Just you did because a limerick? Yes, yeah, so you made mention. You made mention last week. You're like that's so much harder to do. I so I said you know what I will take a shot or a stab okay. a limerick as
1: well. Okay. So. It is a little harder. There's just more words in it.
0: There is. There
1: is yeah. more words.
0: But sometimes that that could be easier to flow with when you have because if you yeah. think about it, haiku is five syllables, seven syllable, five syllable. That's not that's many the words. Most, no, you've got to be very, very economical yeah. with your words there.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. Limerick. Ready? Yeah, I'm I'm very excited. Here we go. Tattoo, the limerick for tattoo.
0: There once was a commander named Chakote who relived his memories of a former day. He didn't believe what his father decreed, but meeting the sky spirits has shown him the true way.
1: Oh, nice. I like it. Yes, thank you so much. Yes, good old limerick. I'm going to throw one out right now. Oh, are you going to do it? Yeah, off the cuff. Chakotay went to a planet of rocks. And now I give up. (laughs) I can't. I don't even know where i'm going with that i just started and then that was beautiful you know (laughs) i mean i was i was so excited too i was gonna go and then i was i was like nope let me just stop right now (laughs) i got a long way to go I was like, it was like, we're, we're the, at the Olympic
0: diving uh, facility and I was at the top diving board and I did a triple flip off and you yeah. said, let me show you my dive. And then you went up there, you got to the edge and you did one move and
1: just stopped. Just so, stopped. That's yeah, right. That's all right. I just stuck my leg out like that, like whoop, and then back. No, I realized yeah. I had a long way to go in that limerick. I was like, I can't you, do it. That's okay. But so I will you work know, on that he, for next week. Yeah, so
0: we learn a lot about Chakotu. We learn... What a chamuzi is not to be confused with a koozie, which is the which is for my beer. Thing. Yes, to keep your beer insulated yeah. or your non-alcoholic beverage insulated. Is koozie? Chamus-
1: is it? Yes. Is a koozie? Is that an international word? Like everybody calls it a koozie. If you're in Germany or France, so. you'd say, "Hey, give me my my vino koozie," something <laughs> like that. Or is that just like? American, I think it's American.
0: Well, we could ask Bob Picardo. He is Italian American. If they say the we could ask him that. Yeah, maybe. But I think it's specifically American, even <laughs> though it's it's an Italian sounding thing. But then it makes me wonder: Was the 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 lead writer on this that the teleplay was written by Michael Pillar, story yes. by Larry Brody? Was Michael Pillar actually sitting there holding a drink with a koozie and thinking chamuzi? Hmm. Kuzi, chamuzi maybe that maybe. influenced it maybe right? it did maybe it did. but we know that a chamuzi is a blessing to the land an ancient yes. healing symbol yes um like which is super cool because we see it in the flashback as uh, the tree was cut down. So, as yeah. a healing symbol to the tree being cut down, yep. the Chamuzi is, is left there. And we see it again on the uh, fire and, pit in the very yeah, first the fi- scene. Exactly. He said in he... the very first scene. Yep. Very first scene. Yeah. Which maybe, remember when we did what do we remember earlier? Uh, yes. For our patrons, you talked a bit about that maybe this was a. A trip to uh, to Lone, pine, uh, lone pine. or something. Did or the rocks, maybe they did a Lone Pine trip
1: without us entirely. I don't know. Right? Yeah, I don't know where they shot. I felt like they went okay. out into nature a bit. But then as oh, I watched yeah. this episode, I realized, by the way, we'll get into it, but mm-hmm. a lot of the exterior scenes were shot on stage. A oh, lot of really? remember specifically. And this, this you're episode, talking about the
2: f-
0: okay.
1: This Go episode ahead. also has a very famous Moment with Chakotay by himself. We'll get to that. We'll we'll get to
2: that. We
1: will get to that. that. Uh, I do want to say that uh, in
0: the opening scene, it's really good to see. uh, Well, not the opening scene, but the scene after we come back from from the intro. Mm -hmm. uh, We see Nancy Howard. We get to see yes, uh, uh, Ensign Wildman. uh, Just one scene in this episode. One scene. One very quick scene getting her checkup regarding her pregnancy pregnancy, but it's a good scene it sets up the whole thing about you know the doctor not having compassion a lack of compassion Uh uh, according to kes Um, kes kind of calls him out on that Uh, the director of this episode is mr alex singer Uh, he it's he's credited as alexander singer but we called him alex alex
1: singer Uh, this is his first I don't know. It feels like it is his first yeah. in our recap, but I loved Alex Singer. He had done a ton of, uh, he was just an old timer. I just really liked Alex. He was a nice man. I liked his positive energy. I yeah. felt like we were in good hands when he was directing.
0: For yeah. his age, he, he could easily have been very jaded and very cynical, yeah. but he, I would say that would, wasn't he the Oldest director we had of all, you know, all yes. of our directors. Yes. Yes. So, Alex was definitely, you know, up there in in age when he first we first met him. But Robbie's right in that he was always very positive.
1: Alex Singer is still alive. He's ninety two years old. We should call him. Oh my goodness. We should call him and say hi to him for
2: God's yes.
0: sake. Yes. I mean, he's
2: <laughs> he's yes. also
0: just to give people an indication, like he of who he is he's definitely he's definitely very energetic uh very uh kind and positive um his background i think he was raised in new york he definitely had that new york that new york accent he talked to kind of sound to me he sounds like how stan lee sounds oh yeah Stan Lee has that like uh uh-huh old school new york new york city uh guy and Alex was always very honest, in Mm -hmm. terms of if he saw something in us that we were doing as actors that was distracting, that really Mm -hmm. wasn't true to what our performances should be, he called us out on it. And I remember once, I was filming, it was my coverage, and Alex goes, cut! And he goes, Garrett, I have to talk to you. I'm like, what's going on? There's something that you do with your jaw. I don't know what, why you're doing this, but you're, you're, you're clamping down on your jaw and you're making your jaw really tense. And it's only happening when you're trying to make a point or you're serious about something, but you don't have to clamp wow. your jaw to make a point about it. You know, so he really called me out on this weird physical thing that That's, I did that I had no idea. I had no idea I did this. And I'm like, holy crap. I do do this wow. jaw-clenching thing. And it really helped me as an actor to realize that you don't have to like, as an actor you don't have to resort to physical physical facial mugging or anything yeah. to sort of emphasize a scene like if you're if you're playing a bad guy right you don't mm-hmm. have to sit there and like furrow your brows and get mm-hmm. real like angry and and get a scrunched up face and say every line like this you know that's that's not what it's uh, what mm-hmm. it's about because in real life that doesn't happen you know what i'm saying right. i mean the bad guys are it's much just more guys. subtle
2: than that it's yeah.
0: much more subtle and so what I just, I'm so thankful for Alex Singer, um, at least being able to collaborate and work with mm-hmm. Alex Singer was him calling me out and saying, hey man, don't do that. <laughs> and, right. um, and in successive times uh, that he came back to direct us, he, I, I would still fall back into that thing. And he said, Garrett, the jaw, no, stop it. That's like he would, he would throw that out while we we're filming.
1: Alex Singer, Uh, directed as far back as 1961. He was a director on a show called, a movie called A Cold Wind in August. Oh my God. He did uh, the series Ripcord in 1961. He directed episodes of Dr. Kildare, uh, Follow the Sun, Checkmate, uh, Profiles in Courage, a uh, famous TV series. He directed on Lost in Space, one of my favorites. (laughs) He directed one episode. The Virginian, the original fugitive, Laredo, Jericho, Man from Uncle Hawk, Mannix, The Monkeys. He directed wow. six episodes of The Monkeys. Wow! Um, yeah, he was. So you're uh,
0: reading this. You're reading this resume. And you're pulling his, his, his directing credit from 1961, three years before you were born, seven years before I was born. Yeah, This is like, he's already, he's already been entrenched in Hollywood yeah. before we were even a-, a, a, a That's right. You know, Alex we Singer. An embryo. Wow. So I'm impressed wow. for sure what he's done.
1: Yeah, he was a good man. He, he yeah. is a good he man. is a good man. He is a good <laughs> man. Get him on the show. Let's we should, get we Alex should, on the yeah, show. Should, I would love that.
0: Him. Oh, that would be super cool.
1: I could find him through to the direct. Can you? Guild. For dra- yeah, I bet DGA. I could. Well,
0: you could do that. Why don't you, I bet why don't I could. you I'm gonna try that. to do that. That's your homework. That's your homework.
1: Uh by the way, Nancy Hower, and I think I've mentioned this before, but Nancy Hower was uh we went to the same school. She was a little bit behind me. I remember her from, from school, but I did we didn't know each other well. But it was so nice to see her to have her on our show. So when I, she popped up yeah. today, I just remembered that. So just to go back to before the credits, uh, before the first yep. act, Chicote has a flashback and they're by a creek. And young Chicote is, is asking questions. And at one point, there's a fly flying around and he goes Quick, and grabs the fly. And I was like, I rewinded it. I'm like, wait a minute, did he, <laughs> nobody even, nobody said anything like nobody went, whoa. <laughs> That's cool. You caught a fly. I was like, did that just happen? And I rewinded. Sure enough, he was, they put in a sound and he was like,
0: zoom, zoom. like that. He pulled a Mr. Miyagi from Karate Kid and he catches the fly with the chopsticks.
1: Later on, they do more biting and he, like, you know, he hits him, you know, hits the bugs and he's like, why are these bugs biting me? And his dad had some comment about it. The yeah. bugs were bothering. He did. He wasn't in tune with nature or something. But that's that's right. So that that very first scene, by the way, with the creek and everything, yeah, that was on stage. That was a set. It was not oh. out. That whole wow. that whole episode, except wow. for the rocks, the whole episode was built on stage, including that water coming down the creek. I remember. Um, I remember shadowing Alex Singer on this episode and I was unbelievable that they had built that exterior forest jungle place on stage on stage it was insane it was so well done and they lit it like when you look at the light outdoors it's very hard to do that on stage without it feeling yeah
0: to duplicate that yeah. But without they, a, without a looking set set like like yeah. it's on a soundstage so they yeah. did a, a good job do earlier when you sure. just said with the except with the exception of the rocks you were saying rocks plural but i heard rock so i immediately thought with the exception of dwayne johnson
1: yeah uh, i don't know yeah that's just yeah we cool. haven't gotten to his episode yet no
0: we will though uh we learned a lot from those flashback se- uh, sequences yeah. filmed on stage we learned that chakotay was born Upside down, so that's breach. I know. Is that, is that is that right? What do you call that when a, when you come out the wrong way? I think it's a breach. Yeah, a breach. A a breach. Breach, birth, baby. Yeah, yeah, breach birth. Yeah, so we he, learned. He, we learned. They that. called
1: him contrary. Uh, yeah. He was contrary. He was born contrary. He was born upside down. They said, yeah, he was born upside down, which is you know mm-hmm. interesting backstory that we did not know of. Yeah, um, and
0: um, I mean, while we're on this backstory of Chakotay. Uh, we learn also in another flashback scene that young Chakotay asked Captain Sulu to sponsor him yeah. at Starfleet Academy. Starfleet so now Academy, we have yeah. an eye in with the original series, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, I just want to make reference to the scene where, where B'Elanna is in the transporter room and, and we see my stand-in John yeah. Tempoya standing next to her. That's this right. time
1: wearing clothes and not, uh, not... Not with his shirt off. And shirt some off. <laughs> twisted uh, Voyager set. Yeah. But that's where I'm usually standing next to.
0: Uh, I Lama, know in the trust. So I thought. I thought you're just gonna you're just gonna, you're, you're gonna By substitute the- my my stand-in in, in in place of me. Thank you for the time off, though. I, I yeah. appreciate it. I'm sure I was happy not to come into work
1: that day. By the way, you walked into sick bay early on and said, "Hey, doc, I'm not feeling so well." Yeah, and then you never talked about it again.
0: No, and he also says the doctor says. Well, see, I'm not complaining about it. And I'm thinking, I didn't really complain. I just no. made a statement of fact.
1: I'm like, I'm not feeling that well. I didn't
0: say like, oh, woe is me. So that was, yeah, you're right.
1: We never hear about what it was. Never even hear about what it was. It was just a moment. Yes. Just a moment to like trigger the doctor being incensed, super insensitive. Yes, um, that's what it was. He decides to give himself the 29-hour Lovodian Lavodian flu.
0: I'm gonna say Lavodian V as in Victor. That's, That's what, what I, I heard. At yeah. first,
1: I thought it was Lavodian, and then I heard it again. I thought it was Lavodian. Lavodian
0: flu. 29 yeah.
1: Twenty-nine hour. He programmed yeah. for twenty-nine hours. Yeah. Very, very comedic
0: of the Doctor blowing his nose. Very comedic. Um, I
1: actually would have liked to have seen a little more of this storyline. It was. It yeah. was. I and like I said in the beginning, I loved. I really liked this episode a lot. I loved the ancestors and the father mm-hmm. story. It just connected to me. But I, yeah. I really did enjoy seeing Bob Picardo play super fluish and sick. And I loved, I loved, I think there could have been more of that because that would have been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, that was a great B storyline. And I, I frankly, I do uh-huh. remember him giving himself the flu, but I thought that was an episode that happened in season four or something later, wow. or season yeah. three. I didn't know it happened this quickly.
2: Yeah, this um, is early
0: on. I will say that this is probably the first and last time that we ever see tissues and a tissue box
1: on Voyager. Well, he says <laughs> I mean, he says something like this is a holographic tissue and please don't yeah. use this on the patients or something like right. that. But,
0: but I mean in, in the history of Trek and definitely of us uh-huh. filming this show. It's not very high no tech. One, no no, but no one ever uses a tissue. Like no. you don't ever see that, you know, ever. So I thought that was interesting. They had to somehow yeah, create it's interesting. a futuristic
1: like, tissue box. Yeah, it was a futuristic tissue box and there were tissues, but you would think that there would be like some technology that would get rid of the the mucus if you had it, or something like I, I don't know what it would be, but like So would you
0: just say something computer that beam up, the mucus out of my nose or, or just
1: or yeah. a tool, you know. Here's my little Apple TV tool, but like, you know, something that you just go and it would just suck it all out or something like some technology but you're right it was like paper tissues yeah that he's wiped thinking about- his nose with which was funny it was very funny
0: yes uh, but to beam somebody's mucus out of their nose would be quite the thing wouldn't it yes that'd be different to actually
1: beam it out that would feel weird when my kids were little we used to have this sucky thing that you'd stick up the nose when they're infants, to, because they can't clear their nose. Some
0: oh, is that what you got air. it? Out, how you got it out?
1: Yeah, it was like a little hmm. suction ball thing, and you'd, you'd yeah squish the air out, stick it up the nose, and then let it go, and it would suck. And it would, yeah. suck it out. Yeah, and I have yeah. to admit. All right, I'm going to admit this on our podcast don't tell anybody people. <laughs> you, Okay, people. you tried it yourself us. didn't you i did i tried it i knew it and it's the weirdest I... feeling you stick this thing up in there and it goes and it sucks and you're like whoa whoa it's just you feel it coming from way I up in your brain you
0: doing this i can so see you looking around and see if anyone's watching you at your place and just yeah. doing
1: it That's, and then i gotta try this little sucky <laughs> ball thing Sucky
0: ball. Yeah. Uh, I I just want to add, I just want to add that, that the entire time that the B storyline happens with the doctor, I am sitting there thinking that is not the way you sneeze or the way that you cough. You need to cough into, into, I mean, I mean, in this day and age,
1: I felt the same way. Well, I felt a, that Bob's coughing was kind of forced. But yeah. It, at first I was like, oh, that seems so fake. But then I was like, yeah. oh, it should be kind of an awkward version of coughing and sneezing because it's a programmed version. Like he's not really yeah. sick. So he's, he's programming data Correct. so that it will replicate sort of an awkward version of sick. Correct. Yeah.
0: But we are role models being series regulars on the show. And so we must act as role models and, and let... Everyone, or at least everyone should be able to realize that coughing and sneezing should be into the crook of your arm and you should cover it. You yes. know, we all know that now, but back there in the mid
1: 90s, um, we should be doing podcasts COVID, with masks on. <laughs> we should be doing podcasts safely. Only That's a pretty good, you sound pretty good with that thing on. Nice. Yes, because I'm safe. I don't have the Delta Flyers this, podcast mask on though. I for those of you who are so, listening, they were so oh, popular that that everybody got them, and I don't even have a Delta Flyers podcast. Oh my god! Mask. I wanted right. we made the mask that say warp particles with all the little warp particles on it.
0: Yeah, well, we made a re we did a reprint, so we'll we have got to get soon. some more. But I gotta say, just yes. I just so people that are listening. No, what what Robbie did was he grabbed a black face mask and he put it around his face and started talking and it sounded pretty good, even though it the thing sounded was on.
1: good with the mask on. And not only did it sound good, but I was safe and you I were sanitary, <laughs> and there were no or particles spread into this podcast. I love, by the way, that Neelix um, calls. Tuvok, Mister Vulcan, I love that it he's is like, cute. Mister Vulcan, it is cute. Blah 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 blah. I, I just I just had to make a note of that because I was like, that's adorable. <laughs> and and the doctor says in this episode, he goes, he said, um, Kes goes, I thought you. He goes, please state the nature of your medical emergency. Because I thought you deleted that part from your program. Yeah. And yeah. he said, well, yes, but I couldn't, you know, think of another. Uh, introduction that wasn't awkward so i just put it back in my program (laughs) i wonder if that's because bob was like that's my catchphrase like you need to you know he wanted to write that in more or something i don't know or maybe the writers just couldn't think of another like how what what else would the doctor say i don't know i can't can't. that sounds more like it they could they just gave up they went back to what they they did before it's
0: a good Um, catchphrase though I like it. The two—I tu- yeah. uh, just said the Tuvok, as in the Voyager, the Tuvok and Neelix, and the Neelix have something in common. They both raised orchids. I'm like, I okay. know. Uh, watching Neelix in that inter, at that interaction with Tuvok when he's talking, it came across me. It came, it came it came across me. It came it across, did come across as you. if it, it came across as if there are elements of Homer Simpson in his voice quality at times. I don't know if you hear that or not, Ooh, but in, I Neelix! In, really? Yes! No, I, didn't, I
1: didn't notice that. Oh
0: my God. All right. It's just right then though, in that when they're on the planet talking about orchids and he's talking yap and he sounded
1: kind of there. They're, yeah. At times. And, okay. And by the way, so they're yes. ta- Mister tu- Mr. Vulcan and yeah. the, the Talaxian guy, they're talking yeah. away. And uh, I saw Chakotay wander over to my wife, Balana. <laughs> I saw him stroll deep into the woods where you, they couldn't uh, be seen by anybody. No. I noticed a little hey, let's go. Look, Balana had a fantasy last week. She <laughs> imagined getting a little something with Chakotay. I saw it. I'm not proud Ready. of it. Stop pulling a Neelix.
0: You're pulling a Neelix right now. You're doing. It's not very becoming upon did you, you. I mean, just did
1: you did you see them walk in the woods? Is all I'm saying. I
0: did see that, but that was totally innocent. You're turning oh, into Neelix right now.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, really. really? Why oh, can't they have that conversation next to the to Mr. Vulcan and the Neelix? Why can't they? do Because.
0: That? Because the balana was away, and so the Chicote had to go speak to the Balana over there. He didn't drag her
1: away from uh, the rest of the park. oh no, she, she was very so... willing to walk into the woods privately with him. I saw that. Okay, and then there's a oh then the hawk God. attacks. Then the hawk comes out. Uh, okay uh, Right.
0: I, I rem- can I ask you? Yeah, go before ahead. you say you remember. Can I ask you? That that scene reminded me, and maybe you can help me. There's a 1970s film where it, I think it was like um, Donald Sutherland. I think was the actor in it, and he's looking up, and this eagle or hawk comes down and, and grabs, it, like, just attacks him and pulls his eyeballs out. Do you remember this movie? No, I don't. <laughs> this scene I don't was remember. just the minute that happened to, to Neelix. I had flashbacks watching this movie. Donald Sutherland. No, it wasn't the Omen. It wasn't the Omen. He was. I just remember him walking outside some mansion that's in England or something at the time, and this this predatorial this this either an eagle or a hawk came down and just scooped up tacked him and yanked out his eyeballs and he was blind
1: don't and look it just, now could have been uh, don't look now that was uh, with julie yeah. christie Oh, maybe horror movie. Maybe. Spirit and it may
0: moment. not even be Donald Sutherland. I might be wrong, but maybe one of our listeners or viewers will know exactly what scene I'm talking maybe about. Maybe they but will. It was like a 70s film, and it really it scared the bejesus out of me because I saw it as a kid. Yeah. And then watching that scene with, with Neelix being attacked just kind of brought that back. And you were about to say, what did that scene bring up for you?
1: I was about to say that um, I remember them bringing a Hawk trainer onto the stage to get it to fly up and come at the camera. He's, I remember the guy right. stood right by the camera and had the hawk come towards the camera. The problem for me was they used footage of the hawk flying around outdoors yeah, up in the sky. And then when it came, when it when they had the shot of it flying at the camera, it was yeah. on stage. And so it felt like a weird, like, oh, there's a hawk in the real sky, but now it's yeah. sort of a weird angle and the lighting was weird and i don't know that 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 sort of bumped. so it
0: didn't match it didn't, didn't match ma- didn't okay match the, okay
1: the point of view of the hawk in the sky to when it flew at ne- at the neelix but uh <laughs> and you know if chakotay and balana hadn't been off wandering <laughs> in the woods by themselves they might have been close by and been able to s- protect their crew member and their good friend but, you know, they were off doing whatever they were doing in the woods, those two. So uh.
0: <laughs> you know, This is actually worse than Neelix, because you're jealous of, of something, of a woman that you haven't even made any overtures to as of yet. You, you're, not even, you're not even in the thought process of, of Belana Torres, but you're still right. jealous of it. Right. Unbelievable. Yeah. Is this the episode where the hawk flew away and they lost the hawk?
1: It might have, or it was up in the, I don't know if it flew away were, outdoors, but it was like up in the... Yeah, turns, it was the like, outdoor, no. This Flew is what out I the heard. door or something?
0: I, I just recall there was a story about when they were filming and they they came, obviously we weren't in part, we weren't filming those scenes. And I just remember someone in the crew said, oh my God, I can't believe it. The Hawk flew away. And I'm like, what? And someone told me a story about how they were just gonna, the Hawk was supposed to just fly away you know, uh, do this like 360 and come back, and it and they let it go, and it kept flying. So, that, and I'm, <laughs> I'm wondering
2: if this they, was the episode. It probably this must have was. Been the episode probably that it was.
0: Yeah, That's funny. So it is a funny story though. I like that.
1: They find these alien dwellings there, and they're abandoned. Yes. And I got confused a little bit about the weather. Is the weather, do you think, a natural phenomenon or a technology that these that these alien native people you know related to chicote's tribe was that a technology they used to try to keep people away i i just was confused yeah, about that's that. what i got that's what but i got it was they, okay so it was all able, technology they were yeah, able to these somehow, guys were
0: these okay. guys were weather wizards they were able to just control lightning the and, and lightning yeah they could, so like
1: yeah. the cyclone that the ship got caught in was a weapon
0: Yeah, it was, it was. And I thought it was very gutsy of Janeway just to say, you know, because we already said, every attempt that we're trying to make to beam down, whenever Mm -hmm. we lock on coordinates, some type of weather thing comes up where we can't get through. And so that Janeway's like, well, then we're just gonna fly into it. And it's kind of like, well.
1: Well, you know why? That's because she's got the best pilot in Starfleet. Clearly, (laughs) B'Elanna doesn't know that yet, but she does, and she knows. That the Paris can, um, you know, so take care of business. Is that that why she she made that decision? That's why she was, yeah, confident. Yeah,
0: because you know, being the Janeway, she felt like I'm the captain, and I'm gonna (laughs) trust that the Paris is gonna get me down on the the,
2: (laughs) voyage down
0: to the planet surface. So, um, all right, I'll go with that. Yeah, (laughs) I'll go with that. the doctor calls the bridge in that horrible kind oh of, God, that so voice funny. that he has. He sounds like a candy man. He sounds like some type of, any type of bad guy in any horror movie when he's talking like this to Captain Janeway. Yeah. It was just like very, uh, again, comedic, you know, nice very comedy funny. element
2: there. Very funny.
0: Oh, let's go to Chicote's body double now. Was that his body double or was that his really, really Chakotay? Okay, when he took off his clothes?
1: Yes. Okay, let's talk about this for a minute. In the script, it said uh, uh I remember it said something like, you know, um he flashes back to remembering, you know, um changing clothes to be one with the tribe and yep. so decides he's going to do the same thing here in these abandoned quarters and right. it said in the script something like, you know, he strips strips down to nothing and so the network and the studio notes always come back and tell you what you can or can't do. And they yeah. said You cannot see any bear behind or any, and this was 1995 or 96, right? So, (laughs) and it was around the same time that NYPD Blue was on television and they had uh, been uh, made a huge deal because they had shown the first male butt on network television on NYPD Blue. Mm -hmm. I forget who it was. uh, Caruso. David Caruso, I think, was the one who got out of bed and walked to the bathroom or something and yeah. didn't have pants on. It was not and a big right. deal. Mm-hmm. But you saw you saw crack. Um, <laughs> so when, when our script came out, UPN, our network, said you cannot show crack. So Robert crack Beltran. Can't. Yeah. Robert Beltran, they got him some some um like flesh colored underwear to wear so that you wouldn't see the butt crack and they were going to put him in the thing. And, and so they filmed it that way with the flesh color. And then they put it, put the edited the show together and they showed it to the, to the network and the network's like, well, this is stupid because you can see he doesn't have a butt crack and it just looks weird. He doesn't look like a human being. And they're like, Hmm. yeah, you told us we couldn't show butt crack. So we put the flesh colored underwear. So they said, why don't you do a digital butt crack, like visual effects, his butt crack in. Dan Curry and the visual effects team at Star Trek Voyager created a digital butt crack for Robert Beltran in that moment. That is not his real butt crack, that is a digital butt crack. Oh my god, that is truly one of the more
0: funnier stories of production that we've ever talked about. That didn't even look like him though from behind in terms of like, if you look at the back of his head and the sort of the pro the three quarters profile that you see a little bit, that doesn't even look like Beltran. I thought like, wow, that's, that's it, a body double. No, it's
1: definitely him for sure. I am okay. 90, 99% sure we can check with him and see, but I'm pretty sure he was, that was him wearing some, some flesh colored underpants and then, and oh, man, sporting a digital what butt a- crack.
0: I'd like want to call him right now and ask him that. <laughs> that would be pretty funny.
1: So Janeway decides to risk the entire ship. Yes, she does. To go get Beltran, who they don't even have life signs for. <laughs> they can't find the shuttle. There's absolutely no evidence or hint that they could possibly risk everyone's life and they may all die for nothing. And sometimes I'm like, How can she keep making these decisions? Like, this is, you're going to push your luck too far. This is a risk.
0: I'm I'm calling him right now. Let's see if we.
1: Call him and see if, did he do the the butt crack scene?
0: Yeah. Let's see if he picks up. Come on,
1: pick up. Come on, Beltran. You're just going to have to take my word for it that that's his butt crack. Trust me. Your call has been forwarded, ah, forwarded to another. Uh, uh, you're nice
0: right. Try, I tried. I just, every time I look at that, I, I kept rewinding, going like, that doesn't no, look I think like the back was... of his head. You think that was him, though? Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure all it was. All right. I'll find out for sure. I thought it was interesting that the aliens, they don't mind meld, they don't touch the side of the head. They just touch the top of the chest, and they're able mm-hmm. to give all the little information, mm-hmm. of, you know, generations past, which mm-hmm. was different we know where Ch- uh, chakotay's tattoo comes from now it's from yeah. that tribe uh well not that
1: tribe but that alien race that right? alien race and, and he took yeah. it in in honor of his father
0: Yep. Yeah. how much did the main alien look like gary oldman's character of count dracula in the 1992 film bram stoker's <laughs> dracula but <laughs> those kind of like striations on his head he and did very light and pale base makeup on that main that was alien. richard fancy was
1: say, the actor richard who richard fancy is his name okay I'm pretty sure that yeah was richard fancy yeah. wonderful look, very talented actor
0: yes he looked very vampiric though he me, did i thought okay
1: i think richard has been on a number of star trek episodes okay he May have even been on our show show more than once really possible oh. but oh, I, I definitely think he's been on a number of he's a good act good theater yeah. actor too. okay um i loved i love the idea that chakotay loses his um universal translator in you know he loses his
0: his comb badge which has the translator in it yes
1: he doesn't have that so he can't speak their language and then yeah. the idea that they've got this technology just sort of he puts their palms together over this thing and and they can uh yeah and they can understand each other, which I love. I thought Yeah,
0: but what's remember what saved him from being phasered by those aliens was him uttering Chamuzi. And they were like, What 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 what'd you say? Did you just Where? say chamuzi? That's when Did they kind of like say koozie. <laughs> Did you just say koozie? We all need a koozie, koozie right now. You need a koozie for your beer? I got a koozie on my beer. Um I <laughs> It's right now. It's right now. There's in Chinese culture. There's the Moon Festival, so they have yes. moon cakes, and we we always eat moon cakes around this time. And I I did this hilarious little character for my sister when she was visiting recently. I was just talking about you know how uh, being Asian Asian moonshine moonshiners in the south <laughs> that we do two things good. We make good moonshine and good moon cakes, and it was sort of like this, you know. <laughs> Hybrid very, character very clever with yeah you know it's different
1: we should make some delta flyers moonshine by the way <laughs> you want to get into I that just, i want to get into like a, a liquor business the delta flyers <laughs> liquor store people are going to think that i i need to go to aa or something you've
0: purchased our baseball caps you wear our shirts and now and delta now. flyers has their very own vodka it's like what
1: <laughs> do you remember rick berman Gave us one year as a as a wrap gift or season uh, Christmas gift or something Star Trek wine because he was really into collecting wine. What? Do you remember that? No. Well, no. We got a Voyager. We got a little box of Voyager. Wa- uh, it was wine, not a box wine. It was a bottle. <laughs> he gave us a boxed box. wine. Oh, he's so generous. <laughs> but he gave us a bottle that had a label with the ship on it, and it said start at whatever season it was. It might have been the last season.
0: I yeah. would have remembered that, Robbie.
1: Call I Beltran really, right now. Call Beltran. Gonna,
0: find, no. <laughs> call Beltran and ask him. Um,
1: hey, no. Bel, I, yes. 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 Yeah? Yes. Yes. Yes.
2: Yes. Let's see who Rick else Berman. I can call right call
1: now. Rick Berman. I'm. I'm not going to call Berman. Call Rick I'm, Berman. Rick Berman, very generously and very and very classy gift. I thought. Um, I'm going to call Tim
0: Russ. You okay with that? I call. Let's if, yeah. Let's see if Tim Russ got that gift.
1: It was a bottle of wine that said, Star Trek Voyager, cast and crew. Oh, no one's available today. No one is, no one, no one loves us. No one cares. No God one damn. loves they us. It should be
0: available. They should not let things go to voicemail. How
1: dare All right. they? All right, I'm oh. going to. Oh, 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 very important. Are you i gonna call someone? Picardo about the wine, okay. just about the wine.
2: Can you hear that? Yeah, I can hear. Okay, let's see if he answers. Hello, Bob.
1: Hey, Robbie. It's Robbie Duncan McNeil. I have to tell you right away, you're on our podcast. We're recording. We have a question for you.
2: (laughs) I'm happy. (laughs) I I have to tell you that I am riding a bike out in the smoke in Northern California with a face mask on. Good for you.
1: Keep the uh, stay safe. Stay healthy. Biking and masking at the same time is a healthy choice. Thank Um, you. Do you remember us getting a bottle of wine that Rick Berman had labeled with a Star Trek Voyager label? And it was a cast and crew bottle of wine. And it was a Star Trek bottle. Do you remember this? Uh,
2: I do remember one of our Christmas presents from production was Schramsberg sparkling wine. That, you know, Schramsberg is a California maker of sparkling wine and it was quite good and yes they were custom made they had put voyager on the label on the label remembering a a sparkling white wine or are you remembering a red wine?
1: i don't remember white red or sparkling but i knew there was a bottle that had a special label and i
2: believe i may still have mine somewhere in storage i don't remember if i ever drank it but uh, yes but it was certainly a keepsake
1: well, if you, if you do, if you did, oh, <laughs> whoa.
2: I did, just fell down. No.
0: Oh, <laughs> God.
1: Dude, you're causing Bob Picardo to die. Hey, oh Robbie? my God. I almost killed the doctor. You almost killed you know, I the doctor.
2: It had nothing to do with you, Robbie. I,
1: I, I, uh, no, I disagree. Oh boy. Are well,
2: you, anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm back up. Are you okay? I'm back up. Oh, are you kidding? Nothing <laughs> gets me down, folks. I am in...
1: Okay, I'm gonna now I feel
2: stupid. <laughs> <and dominant.
1: laughs> you know what it sounded very very um, brave and courageous and skilled the way that you s- sounded
2: Yes, <laughs> I don't know that I should say this on your podcast, but I seem to have scraped very very severely the upper left part of my butt cheek oh, No, <laughs> oh, no No <laughs> Now, having played a television doctor in the future for seven years, I should know the anatomical term. I guess it's it's upper butt cheek, well, upper butt cheek. Yeah, Maximus. Yes.
1: Well, I hope you. I I think you need to go immediately to the to the med med medical bay. <laughs> um,
2: physician, heal thyself. Physician,
1: heal thyself. I'm I'm I seriously hope you're okay. And now I'm going to be worried the rest of this.
2: No, I will be fine. Okay. Uh, and you are you. By the time your listeners hear this, I'm sure that the giant scratch on <laughs> the upper left of my butt cheek will have healed 20%. 23%. Okay. okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Bob, I think that I feel closer to you now because of your butt injury, because I had a butt injury on Voyager. Oh, I remember. In the Captain Proton sequence, <laughs> I had my butt cheeks burned, so... I feel closer to you now because of our our common butt problems.
2: That's why we butt call each other all the time.
1: Exactly. I'm
2: going to tell you a quick, I actually wrote some Star Trek jokes.
1: Oh, God. For the
2: cruise, but I'm going to tell you one based on an actual, apparently in one of the original series episodes, they mentioned Aurelian lung maggots. Aurelian lung maggots. And your, your listeners can check me on that. I think that's exactly how you pronounce it. So when you when somebody assigns you the task of writing a gag about Aurelian lung maggots, where do you go? What do you do? How do you how right. do you handle that challenge? Well, here's how I did. Okay, um, I'm scanning the viewer, or in this case, your listener. Yes. And then I look down at my tricorder and I say, "You have Aurelian lung maggots, but instead of being in your lungs, they're located in your lower bowel." I know that Mr. Neelix is quite the practical joker. Has he been blowing smoke up your ass? <laughs> what do you think? Pretty good? Oh,
1: very good. <laughs> very good. Or really in right, lung thanks. maggots. You, okay, Sorry. take care of yourself. Put some antibiotic right. cream on that. And have a glass of uh, Star Trek Voyager wine to feel better. All
2: right, thanks. Okay. Best to your audience. Best to Garrett.
1: Okay, I'll talk to you soon, Bob. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Bye. We love you. You almost killed the doctor. I, I am blaming you on this that. one. You oh can, and, and
0: then that part where he says, "By the time, by the time your listeners hear this," and he took a pause. I waited for his next line to be, "I'll be dead." Is what I wanted. Oh was my gonna, God!
1: Coming into my brain. <laughs> well, I figured he had like earphones on, and you know, ear like earbuds, and to you know, a lot of people exercise with like an earbud. And they can they can you know run and talk you know listen to music whatever they do oh my god
0: well uh, you know what this is this is just everyone can see this is live. This, is live this this is, is authentic this yes. is raw this is real we're doing we it live
1: almost, we almost had
0: the we almost had an actual right. live recording of the the death of Bob Picardo I mean well, that's
1: we, incredible we did, we did hear the death of his upper butt
0: cheek.
2: <laughs> and, and I, you know it ties I,
0: it in with the butt crack the digital yes, butt crack exactly it's become it's become the theme of this show Almost it it's something to do with butts and oh. i am
1: we just I need to move on that i i can't believe he fell down. wow okay. okay
0: so you were right robbie we did get some type of alcoholic wine it was, was a wine and, yes. and to be honest I, I i yeah i'm not a big drinker so that's probably why i don't remember that thing i probably gave yeah. it away very you early, probably so. did um and the fact that bob Carter still has his in storage somewhere is even is perfect yeah
1: that's perfect of course he does he's so organized with this stuff oh my god anyway we get to the end of our episode yeah and i just loved i loved robert's performance in this i loved this idea of ancestors and and, and a father-son relationship. I I just really connected to that. I love the idea about you know these these aliens coming and seeing these people who had respect for the land and and other living creatures. They say they were impressed very deeply by that. Yeah. And so they gave them an inheritance. They called it a genetic binding that would uh, that would would keep them bound together forever. This this. Uh, this alien race and these native people yeah. and this tribe. Um, yeah. I love that idea. I love that.
0: Although there were flashes of um, Star Trek IV, the feature film where they come home and, yeah. and uh, it, the whales were involved. And basically the, the alien monolith returns to earth thousands mm-hmm. of years later to, and tries to send a message to the whales. There's no response back. So it's up to the Star Trek crew to go back in time to bring whales back to the future because they've been basically hunted to extinction so yeah um so it was sort of a nice uh you know uh, thinking about mother earth sort of um, mm-hmm. allegory right let's mm-hmm. let's let's conserve i do think that the big question Obviously, for most of the viewers, would be like, "Well, if you've already traveled to Earth, help the Voyager crew and get them back to Earth." But <laughs> yes. Of course, but the writers yes. say, "Yeah, yeah, you know, that that very quick line." Two it generations, took more than two generations yeah. to get to your planet. So yeah. you have a very long journey in front of you. Yeah. So that was, you know, that was their way easy. of yeah. tying. That, I like that. that I like I, that. That loose send that. up. Yeah. Yeah. But it's very nice that Chakotay gets to tie up his loose end, right? Dealing with his father and really realizing that these sky spirits were real. You know, this wasn't just some legend. Um, And how often do people get to prove a myth or something that a creation story of their people? uh, How often do you get to uh, find proof of that?
1: Which they do, which is really super. I loved it. I really loved the ending. It really kind of all came together for me. And I, I thought mm-hmm. the sci-fi part of it was great. I thought the actor, the guest actors were great. Alex Singer did a great job. Robert Beltran did a great job. The visual effects part department with their butt cracks were phenomenal. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: the butt crack department was phenomenal. I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it.
0: <laughs> the B storyline with the doctor, obviously, um, the, the lack of compassion that he had in the beginning, um, he then develops mm-hmm. more compassion, or at least a better understanding of it, because he puts himself through the same, um, you know, rigmaroles of being yeah. uh, really, really ill. You know, yeah. I think the theme here is sometimes we have to get out of our own shoes and imagine what it would like to be in someone else's shoes, yeah. and if not imagine, actually put ourselves in the person's shoes right into into um uh shoes that we've never experienced that type of life before whatever Mm -hmm. you want to say that's one theme that i saw and of course the the conservancy theme about um not uh ruining every natural resource that your planet has (laughs) was also kind of big for me in this episode.
1: I I kind of agree with you in a lot of ways. I thought the theme for me was very much about trusting in the experience of our elders, I guess, people who have had experience before us to Mm -hmm. have trust and faith in the wisdom of that experience. Okay. Um, and I think, you know, that goes for the doctor storyline. He didn't trust or believe in the wisdom of people saying being sick sucks. Yeah. And he didn't yeah. believe it and he didn't trust it and he had to experience it himself. Young Chakotay, um, you know, really didn't trust his father's experience and wisdom and, mm-hmm. and wanted to go off, you know, uh, went to Starfleet Academy, you know, secretly sort of applied, didn't tell his dad didn't value some of the things that that ultimately he ended up kind of coming full circle and really wanting, so I can relate to that, like I said, I related this a lot to my own personal life and my father, and I think in my journey, I saw a full circle there of you know kind of rejecting many of his things in his life years back and then coming full circle to really value his wisdom and his um and his experience in his life as as he was. Getting older before he passed away. So mm. I I, I love this uh, this episode. I thought it was really good.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for your clarification on the themes. I I enjoyed that and yeah. um, respect your elders, people. That's <laughs> what everyone <laughs> value them. Value yes. Them and value them at oh. your elders exactly. All right. Well, um, I I'm gonna thumbs up this episode as well. I enjoyed it as well as you did. And thank you guys for listening in to our recap of tattoo, Mm -hmm. and not fantasy island tattoo, Voyager (laughs) tattoo. (laughs) All right guys, so join us next week when we review Cold Fire.
1: Bye guys.